Tape Talk. The Fringe. Only on late nights. For many people, the option of smoking a strawberry-flavored hookah pipe is a so-called soft option and they don't see it as something that is addictive in any way. And I go now uh, to Professor Kamran Siddiqui, who is the Global Public Health Professor at the University of York. And um, you've you've uh, found that, in fact, smoking a hookah pipe uh, can be actually stronger than cigarette addiction. Yes, that's true. Yeah, we we worked with um, uh, a number of uh, people who were smoking hookah, and we found that their addiction was very strong. In fact, uh, one of the medicines that is commonly used to help people to quit uh, cigarette smoking uh, doesn't seem to work for uh, hookah smokers. Okay, that that um, I I was curious about that. Drug. I don't know how you say ver, uh, veren, verenicline. How do you say it? Yeah, verenicline. Um, does that actually work effectively with people who who use it to, to, as a smoking cessation uh, medication? It does. In fact, it's uh, it's probably the most effective uh, treatment. Yes. Um, it 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 works because it binds the same uh, receptors in the brain that uh, that nicotine binds. Yes. So it basically occupies those receptors and 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 stop uh, nicotine craving. So so let's backtrack a little bit. What is the hookah pipe and what does it do? Uh, I know that often in uh, when you walk down the streets of Amsterdam, uh, you would you would find all the hookah pipes, and many people would use that as a vehicle to enhance the drugs that they were smoking. Sure, yes. I mean, hookah smoking tobacco is, is actually a traditional form of uh, smoking tobacco in Middle East and also in parts of South Asia. Uh, but recently it's becoming very popular uh, around the world, actually. And uh, as as you, you say about Amsterdam, I think I've seen in almost all cosmopolitan cities in the world where I've visited uh, that you walk on a popular street and you will see particularly young people uh, socializing and enjoying uh, hookah smoking uh, together. Um, the mechanism is that uh, it's usually a charcoal in chamber uh, that burns tobacco and then tobacco smoke mixed with charcoal smoke then passes through this pipe which goes through the water and then eventually comes out and is uh, inhaled by, by people. Now, I mentioned the fact that it's strawberry-flavored, so, and, and um, two aspects of that. One of you, you've alluded to, a whole lot of young people, it's, it's, it becomes a social thing. People go to a restaurant, and instead of a dessert, they all think, well, why don't we all have a strawberry-flavored hooker pipe? So it adds to the social element of it, and many people see it as a soft option, not something that they can get addicted to. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the trouble with... Uh mixing flavors uh, that have sort of connotations of health. So when you mix um, especially fruit flavors with tobacco, that kind of gives this false impression as if this is something uh, less toxic and healthy. Yeah. Uh, the fact is that it's, it's quite the opposite. And uh, by passing through water, while the smoke is cooler, people tend to inhale a lot more smoke than they would do uh, in cigarettes. And people tend to smoke cigarettes. Usually they will have 15 to 20 puffs. While with hookah, you one can inhale up to 200 times uh, or 100 times more than uh, what you would 
inhale with the uh, with the with the cigarette uh, because they they do tend to smoke longer. The puffs are uh, of more longer duration. And uh, in our studies, when we measure uh, carbon monoxide levels from people who are smoking cigarettes and people who are smoking hookahs, what we found is that people who smoke hookahs have got a much much higher volumes of carbon monoxide compared to people who are smoking cigarettes. And so the idea that somehow the smoke is getting cleansed uh, while passing through the water is completely false. Yeah, that's the myth. That's uh, I don't know who's generated it, but yeah. somehow it, that myth is there. And uh, it actually, uh, rather than actually making it less toxic, it actually makes it more because because it's cooler. Yeah. The people tend to inhale a lot more. Mm, mm. Now, you uh, went to for your research uh, to look at 500 hookah pipe smokers in Pakistan. Tell us about how the research ran over 12 weeks. Yeah, so we wanted to um, uh, find a group of hookah smokers that uh, smoke regularly uh, because we wanted to test this medicine, which uh, seems to be very effective. And unfortunately, we haven't got a medicine that seems to work for hookah smokers. So um, uh, Pakistan is, is one of the countries where hookah smoke has been uh, not just being part of the tradition, but now it's getting very popular amongst young people. So we recruited uh, from three st- three different uh, cities uh, about 510 hookah smokers who were smoking on a daily basis. So clearly they were probably more uh, addicted to it than um, sort of other hookah smokers. But uh, when we followed them up for a period of six months, uh, having received uh, half of them this new medicine called vernaclin, while the other received placebo, which is basically a neutral medicine. It doesn't have any um, sort of um, uh, ingredients in it. Uh, we found that there was no difference. There was no difference between those who are taking this medicine for about 12 weeks compared to the ones that were taking placebo. Anything else you found out during during this uh, program? Of, because you spend some time with it. Yeah. Is, is 12 weeks normally the time that uh, the smoke cessation medication kicks in? Yeah, so 12 weeks is the standard uh, sort of prescribed uh, medicine. In addition, we did uh, give them uh, some brief counseling uh, to all of them, not just okay. uh, the okay. ones that were receiving vernacular. And uh, what we found is we measured their uh, addiction levels, we measured carbon monoxide, uh, and we found that uh, their addiction levels were, were extremely high. Um, at the beginning, almost everybody said that they want to quit, and that's why they took part in this study. Yeah. Uh, but we actually found that very few people actually managed to make any serious quit attempts. Uh, uh, a lot of them shared hookah. In fact, 89% of our participants uh, did not... Uh, smoke alone. They actually smoke with, with their friends and families, mm-hmm. often sharing the same hookah pipe with others, which also is a concern because of the uh, I- infection uh, sort of transmission. But of course, it highlights that uh, social uh, aspect of it. Um, there's, you know, uh, when you go out for a couple of drinks with your friends, you don't share your drink. Um, whilst you don't like the fact that they're sharing and there's a possibility of infection being passed around, there's something about the fact that it's, you, 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 you're doing something together and it adds to the, the, I suppose, the social component, which is difficult to break. Yes, that's exactly what I think we've concluded from our work that we think one of the 
key reason for people not being able to quit is uh, because because they were doing uh, hookah with their friends and family and uh, it's a social norm and it's something that they get uh, some sort of social pleasure mm. um, and they found it really difficult so when we asked them i think most of them said that um they they won't be able to do it stop on their own even if they want to because the rest of their family members and the and the and the people around them are mm. also smoking kisha now of course we know about the the smoking legislation around the world uh in it sounds like a lot of people are smoking this together with their family and friends in their home. So even if you had legislation, that's not going to impact on that space. Are you calling for any kind of legislation around this, or is it just an awareness that you're wanting to raise? Well, I think we need strong legislation. Uh, unfortunately, um, hookah smoking uh, has not been regulated to the same degree as uh, as as uh, cigarette smoking is so i'll give you an example uh, i mean uh, cigarette prices have uh, uh, increased almost five times in the country that i live in in the uk and i'm sure that is also the case in in other countries including south africa where uh, cigarettes are much more expensive than they used to be 10 years ago on the other hand um, um actually smoking shisha is a lot cheaper uh, you can buy raw tobacco and then uh, use it uh, and the actual cost of uh, smoking the same amount of uh, tobacco is is lot less and we know from research that uh, increasing price of uh, tobacco is one of the most uh, effective ways of getting people to stop and especially young people not to not to attempt mm. so mm. Uh, i think in comparison the price is is is, uh, is is actually a lot cheaper for hookah smokers. Um, in addition, uh, the uh, the bans, the smoking bans, uh, there are certain exemptions in certain countries and certain uh, sort of uh, uh, clubs, which they call it shisha clubs, they are exempt from smoking laws because they consider it as only those people are attending those clubs which are all shisha smokers. So that kind of um, uh, uh, sort of... Uh, Clauses within the law, I don't think they help. So we need comprehensive smoke-free laws that covers uh, all these loopholes, mm. so that uh, um, uh, private owners of these clubs and bars cannot use, use that uh, excuse. Actually, mm. now, how many uh, people who use hookah pipes only use it to smoke tobacco? I'm thinking of uh, things like uh, marijuana and other uh, drugs. Yes, I mean, I won't be able to give you any figures on that, but uh, I understand that that is the case. Uh, a lot of uh, other drugs are also inhaled using um, using water pipe or hookah. Mm. Uh, but I think what is perhaps one of the most concerning uh, thing is that um, tobacco is smoked through hookah and water pipe, and, uh, and people don't realize how addictive it is and how harmful it is. Uh, I mean, it, 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 all the all the harmful ingredients that are present in tobacco smoke are also there in hookah smoke. And if people are inhaling, um, you know, 20 times more tobacco smoke than cigarettes, then uh, you can just imagine the risk of cancers and heart disease are also going to increase or multiply. But if they were to have, um, you know, they, they, you talk about when you smoke cigarettes, you look at nicotine and tar and low tar. And um, is there any... Uh, evidence that that if you are using uh, tobacco with with lower compounds, that would be mitigated. 
Well, I think tobacco is tobacco, and I I, I really think that that we should not or nobody should um, smoke or use tobacco because uh, that is harmful. However, uh, there is some hope with, uh, as you probably are aware of, e-cigarettes. They are also getting very popular, and there's some evidence that e-cigarettes may be uh, less harmful than tobacco because they only contain nicotine. So if there are um, formulations um, uh, such as electronic shishas, I think some independent research may be able to uh, see whether they have any potential for uh, harm reduction. Of course, uh, there hasn't been a lot of uh, research uh, with uh, with uh, vaping, and uh, of course, there hasn't been a huge amount of research with uh, hooker pipes. Um, some evidence has already started dribbling in, and people are showing concern also around vaping, possibly because of the lack of 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 evidence. Um, is it? The main concern um, around the uh, primary inhalation, um, or is it also, once again, the passive smoking that's the biggest issue as a public health issue? If you're talking about vaping, um, is that what we're talking about? Um, Well, I'm talking about the fact that a lot of people say, well, vaping is fine, and there hasn't been a lot of research. So that's on the one hand. Um, uh, The... uh, a lot of uh, people are anecdotally suggesting that vaping might not be as safe as it's been made out to be. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, of course, I would rather not uh, anybody vape or smoke uh, because obviously there is some harm attached to vaping. It, it uh, contains nicotine, but it also uh, has some solvents in which this nicotine is then uh, um, sort of... Uh, uh, used so uh, um, ideally, I wouldn't want any young person to start smoking. I wouldn't want any young person to start vaping. However, people who are smoking and they want to quit, um, I think there is some suggestion uh, in a couple of studies, and uh, I agree that there hasn't been a lot of research that some people may find it helpful. Uh, so I um, uh, in, in the UK, we we have uh, guidance issued by the National Institute of uh, health and clinical excellence, which says that if people find it helpful to quit uh, cigarette smoking using electronic cigarettes, then perhaps uh, health professionals can actually support them in doing so. Yes. And that is the only um, sort of support that I think is given uh, in relation to e-cigarettes. But I think as far as the young people are concerned, I think our regulations are very strong. We don't want them to be sold or marketed. Uh, e-cigarettes to young people. Mm. Well, I think what a lot of people are suggesting is that um, even though there isn't a lot of research out, um, it reduces the risk considerably uh, with vaping. So, yes, there might be issues that come up later, but if you are going to smoke something, you would rather smoke an e-cigarette. But it's about the the, the way we legislate, and 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 as as a, a professor of public health, um, that would be part of your preserve. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I think um, I would uh, um, argue that if uh, people who find it useful um, to quit cigarettes. Uh, using e-cigarettes or using vaping, then I think we should support them. Uh, at the same time, we should uh, strengthen our legislation that they don't get marketed and sold to uh, young people or people who've never uh, smoked cigarettes or, or, or e-cigarettes at all. So it's not something that we want population to start using. 
but while but only for so those people who are currently smoking uh, if they want to quit and use e-cigarettes then i think we should uh, support them um however i would say that doing both at the same time using e-cigarettes and smoking cigarettes i don't think that's going to help at all so that is something we don't want to promote is we it? want people to quit cigarette yeah. smoking okay. and and okay. and and find ways of uh, helping them yeah. is is there any evidence to suggest that people who who use e-cigarettes um uh, will move on to smoking cigarettes and in the same, uh, I suppose, follow-up question, is there any evidence to suggest people who use uh, hooker pipes uh, will uh, carry on and smoke things that might be more addictive besides uh, tobacco? Yeah, it's difficult to say. I mean, I, I think uh, most of the studies are uh, what we call in as observational studies. So yeah. we observe people, what they were doing last year and what they've been doing, uh, what they're now doing this year. Uh, we did a study in, in, in the UK where we followed young people uh, for about 12 months. And we found that there was some association between those who used e-cigarettes a year before uh, with those who started smoking in the following year. Uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, it's the e-cigarettes that led to people started smoking combustible cigarettes uh, because uh, causation associations are not causations, uh, which basically means that it may be that those kids were of experimental personality type and they, yes. a, if they would not have used e-cigarettes, they would have still smoked yes. 12 months ago. It's, it's very yes. difficult. So I think yeah. uh, we can't really say any conclusive uh, sort of uh, thing on that. And of course, to, to label somebody something a gateway drug is is to load it. Yes, I agree. So I think uh, the, the gateway theory is, uh, while I can see uh, some people argue for that, I, I think that is uh, problematic. In your studies, how many, how many people ha- have taken up uh, smoking cessation in general. Is that something uh, that you find that is getting more traction? Well, in the UK, uh, certainly um, uh, using electronic cigarettes to help to, for people to quit has become very popular. And uh, we've seen uh, in other people's research in, in the UK that a lot of people have found it helpful. Um, and this is in the backdrop of actually smoking prevalence is going down continuously uh, in, in the UK. So for those who worry that e-cigarettes is somehow promoting uh, cigarette smoking again. Um, I think the the actual survey data is is not saying that. It's, mm. it's saying mm. the opposite. In fact, mm. and um, of course, in your study, you you used um, um, the 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 smoking cessation drug, which name I'm struggling with, with uh, verenicline. Um, yeah. And is that? available to people on the national health program yes it is uh yeah it can Just be available uh, on, on okay yeah. okay so that would be the big thing that would make it easy for people who did want to give up smoking to have it affordable is it an expensive medication it is an expensive medication so i think for for health systems uh, that obviously where people have to pay from their own pocket, uh, I can see that, uh, um, you know, they, they would struggle. However, there are uh, other studies. Uh, I'm involved in another study where we're testing a, a drug called cytosine, which is a generic product, 
and we're seeing whether that's that's going to be as effective as uh, as uh, vernaclin. Um, so there are going to be hopefully cheaper alternatives in in the years to come for people to quit. I'm just thinking in South Africa we we don't have the luxury of being able to to um, provide that kind of medication and with a lot of people needing antiretrovirals uh, as we have such a high scourge of HIV in this country it's unlikely that we'll be able to to roll that out what what social um, uh, interventions have have proved popular um, in the UK so I think one of the uh, when you don't have any medicines or or people can't afford medicines that I would I would strongly support counseling and I, I'm glad that you brought up the issue of uh, HIV and smoking because that is an area that I've done some work in and uh, we recommend that uh, uh, the HIV counselors who are uh, supporting people with HIV uh, they should be trained in uh, basic counseling skills for smoking cessation uh, because we know that in South Africa there's a high prevalence of smokers uh, in uh, who also have HIV so I think the counselors can actually, uh, while they're prescribing medicines and they're supporting them, they can also help them to quit. Are you are you suggesting that um, not smoking will assist in the uh, tr- the treatment of the HIV, or are you just saying as a as a health intervention, you've got people, you you're giving them counselling, uh, use them to reduce uh, the the smoking. Well, I think it will directly benefit um, the HIV outcome. So we know that uh, uh, with antiretroviral therapy, HIV person can actually live just as long as any other person. Uh, but those who don't, it's because of smoking. Oh, and uh, okay. that's, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate because it not only gives uh, cancer and heart disease, but it actually makes the HIV worse and it reduces the effect of antiretroviral therapy. So it's a must uh, for uh, HIV patients who smoke that their counselors and their health workers they're working with them also give them strong advice to quit and uh, for health authorities to actually train uh, HIV counselors and health professionals in providing basic uh, counseling skills for smoking cessation. I, I was aware that obviously, you know, as, as a general health thing, I didn't realize it, it, it actually impacted uh, in, in terms terms of the, the pharmacology of the antiretrovirals and that the outcomes were being uh, uh, you know, impacted in that way? It does. And uh, I mean, normally if, if a person, a smoker who doesn't have HIV, uh, there uh, is uh, about 11 years gap between them of life expectancy and uh, an individual who doesn't smoke. But when we wow. compare HIV patients, the person who smoke, there's a gap of 16 to 17 years. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is that a HIV patient who smoke uh, is likely to die 16 to 70 years before uh, earlier than a HIV person who doesn't smoke. So you can see that uh, by addressing smoking, uh, there's a potential to extend life uh, for mm-hmm. almost 16 to 17 years if Just, we can do yeah. that at an early age. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think a lot of people feel that HIV is a manageable d- disease now and it's just a question of managing your antiretrovirals. And so what, you, what you're saying, you're suggesting is you, you're looking at two decades almost uh, in terms of um, possibly not only quality of life, but in terms of um, actual, uh, you know, the, the life expectancy. That's, that's remarkable. Absolutely. Um, uh, in fact, as you know, that a lot of uh, HIV people are diagnosed at a young age, and we know that if they can quit smoking before the age of 35, 
they will enjoy a normal life expectancy. With antiretroviral therapy, they can live as long as any other uh, South African. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the message that I'm going to start uh, 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 really uh, clarifying here because you know that that's a simple connection um, that people can make uh, because we we also have a lot of young people who um, do contract the the virus and of course with antiretrovirals are able to reduce their viral load um, but this 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 information really is a game changer. Yes, it is, and. Uh uh, unfortunately, a lot of uh, people who are treating HIV don't see smoking cessation as part of their job. Yes. Uh, and we are trying to raise that awareness among health professionals more than anybody else that, uh, look, getting uh, them to stop smoking is very much central to treating people with HIV. And uh, it's one of the biggest services after giving antiretroviral therapy that you can do. You can help them to quit. Yeah. Well, there's a wonderful take home for our listeners uh, in uh Cape Town and South Africa, and I really do appreciate your time on Cape Talk. Professor Siddiqui, it's been most enlightening. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure.